Well, Brandon, how's it going? Hello, Jake. How are you? Doing great. Uh, oh, I hear those dogs in the background. I know. I'm hoping <laughs> that they will shut up here in just a minute. And I just found out the most brilliant thing is that Maverick gets to go home tonight. Yay! Small Yay. victories, right? Life is all about small victories. The Welcome, small victory. Everyone, this week's episode of the, of the Writer's Block. Hopefully everyone's doing okay. This week, what are we talking about, Jake? What are we talking about tonight? We are talking about writing for the future and more. Ooh. How? I don't know. I know, right? (laughs) It was was very, very uh, misleading how exciting the the more part is going to be. But we're going to do our best to... uh, We're going to do our best, Jake. I know we were kind of worried about this one. This one's going to be... You know, but, we're, you know, we're going to have so much audience participation and we're just going to go rambling off of random topics and it's going to be awesome. I mean, w- yeah, sure. Yeah, let's go with that. Let's just go with that. <laughs> Actually, I've been thinking a lot about it and uh, I think we've got some directions to go. So, you know, see, you think I just I just go. It is what it is. I know. Just, I just... You're so off the cuff. <laughs> I do better that way sometimes. Not always, but sometimes. We as will take usual, it. Yes. As usual, everyone is welcome to join in on these conversations. Just uh, hit that microphone button in your bottom left corner. Excuse me. And you are welcome to join in. For those listeners on the podcast, which is now up and running, thank you, Jake, to all your hard work on that one. Oh, no worries. It's been a pleasure. Yeah. <laughs> Numbers I, climbing I, up. I feel like you were like air quoting that pleasure. It it actually has been a pleasure because I've had I've had the opportunity to go back through and actually re-listen to our episodes and stuff while I've been doing it, and it's oh. been a lot of fun actually. Oh, okay. Well, good. We live in the old times. It's we're the like good old days. We're we're like three months old, right? Like the good old days. <laughs> you know, you know, it's fine. Well, so Jake, real quick, where can everyone listen to this podcast if if they're new to the writing block community? So if you are new to the writing block community, you can listen to the podcast on most of the podcast platforms. If you are having trouble finding it there, you can always find us on podbean.com under the writer's block. And if that is just way too technical, you can always find us on our alternate site which is the writer's block right here on twitter you mean right here on twitter yeah okay our our different profiles so yes well and that's we got to get people over there because that's we're kicking over that one and we got this episode and one more and then we're done on yours i know it's crazy i didn't think the time would go by this fast and uh, i'm not nervous about switching over but it's just going to be a little bit of a change and it will be kind of nice because I mean, then i don't have to like copy and paste the the link over to the other side you know one one step less is always you know a bonus working smarter not harder right exactly yes all right so let's get into it jake yes if for those new listeners out there i always hit jake with something that he knows nothing about the topic, not the content of the topic, but he doesn't know what I'm going to ask him at the beginning of every episode. So, Jake, your assignment, if you choose to talk to it. Okay. <laughs> you make it so, sound so I've been ominous. Into this, it is. I've been into this, like, weird food combinations kick lately. Okay. And I want to know what – I think everyone has, like, a weird food combination – so, what is your weirdest food combination? Oh, I know that the, so, like, this, I'm going to list a couple of them, because, like, this is a really wonderful topic, because I love food, just in case everybody didn't know. Um, <laughs> food, is, food is life, so. Um, one of, <laughs> thank you, one of the things that I love to do is mix different kinds of cereal, and I know that's so taboo to some people, but I love to mix and match cereals. Crickets. Yeah, I Crickets. said it. I said it. I love um, how you're like, it's so out there. Like It is so out there. Um, really? Is it? Because I remember growing up, I mean, 
we always combined the last of like the cereal boxes. See, and I grew up doing that too, but I've talked to some people that are like so appalled that I do that. Well, you know, people are weird. People, people are weird. <laughs> um, uh, one of my other ones is I love a turkey sandwich on cinnamon raisin bread. What the fuck? <laughs> you should have led with that one <laughs> well that's why i said i'm starting out small and i was working my way bigger so you know um I'm, i i really okay. do though i love a turkey sandwich on cinnamon raisin bread it is just it's delightful it's a twist on something that is so classic and it, it just brings new life to that genre of food okay don't need to word it like that but Wait, so, <laughs> like what all do you put on like is it just the turkey turkey or is it like mayo uh, and oh no like, it's like it's like mayo and and cheese and everything like think of just a regular sandwich that you put on regular bread but i do it on cinnamon raisin bread okay i need you to next time you make that take a picture of it and send it to me because that's i will i haven't made one in quite a while but i will totally make i will totally run to the store and grab some and take a picture of that that i what like, <laughs> I, I have no words. That one shocks me. That one I wasn't expecting from you. Well, Brian, did you request to be a speaker because you have a really fun one? No, I just, I, I just thought that, you know, I don't, I'm not sure why Brandon is reacting so vociferously because these are, these are perfectly vanilla choices. Um, the mixed cereal. <laughs> well, hold on. Well, the cereal one, I can be like, yeah, everyone does that, right? That's not. Cinnamon br- cinnamon toast with a c- what? It's, I've never heard that. It's like putting it on raisin bread. I mean, it's 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 you know. I mean, I, it's not shocking to me. It's not surprising to me. Um, Brian, I want Brian. I want. You guys are a, you're a different breed. That's all. I <laughs> oh, we, we all know that. We all know that. Your we weird know that, combos. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I get it. <laughs> um. Brian, what is one of your weird food combos? Oh goodness. Um I um when I make oatmeal, um I don't make it sweet. Um I usually put like um chopped uh ramen eggs in it or um green onion or uh, pickles oh my god and eat and, and goji berries and just and yeah go and eat my oatmeal savory um okay okay i need a, i need a picture of that next time you make it <laughs> it's very good i am gonna have to try it's that very because good. it sounds it good, very good you know it's a, that sounds disgusting but good on you <laughs> The two of us just have disgusting tastes for Brandon, and that is just fine. I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm now dying to know what Brandon thinks is outre and food choices. I mean, for himself, yeah, for himself, yeah. I mean, mine's pretty tame compared to your guys. I thought mine was out there, but I like to dip my Doritos in applesauce. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. You don't get to judge that. Uh, like, I totally get to judge. I'm with you, Jake. I'm with you, Jake. <laughs> That's like, sandwich. oh, okay. Third grade. <laughs> I think you can have those two things separate, but together? Really? <laughs> it's good. I'll try your sandwich if you try my dip. Yeah. I will totally try your dip. I'll try that. Absolutely. I will not try your I sandwich. I will try that. I love Doritos. <laughs> I'll be honest. I will not be trying that sandwich. <laughs> that is okay. <laughs> So now we got that we got that out of the way. Hopefully, if anybody else jumps on, please feel free to tell us what your weird food combination is, and I would love to see a picture of it because those two, I <laughs> good on them, good on them. So let's get into it, Jake. What what was the theme tonight? What are we talking about again? So our theme tonight is writing for the future and more. Okay. And this, so we had this topic suggested to us, but there wasn't a lot of context given. And so I think there's quite a few different ways that we can spin this. And uh-huh. frankly, I think we can take a lot of them and and just play around with it. Let's have a good old fashioned writing discussion. 
Okay. When I when you say good old fashioned, I was waiting for you to be like a good old fashioned piano party. Like, no, uh, no, no, no. We're all about the writing around here. Oh, okay. My bad. Okay. Save your other talents for other for other podcasts. Well, I mean, we're here to celebrate. So that is true. That but is true. So what? Okay. I don't. This one's a tough one because it it's it is vague, right? It is a very vague topic. Um, Jake, I, where do you want to start with this? Where do you think we should start? Should we start with like, my first thought is AI. Okay, let's talk about that. What, what's what's your thoughts on that one? Okay, so this is something that we've talked about in other episodes where we talked about some tools that writers can use, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and to me, at least, AI, I think AI is kind of getting this whole entire like, horrible bad stigma as it's going to take over the world and nobody's going to be a creative anymore. Um, But to me, there's a lack of emotion in AI. There's a lack of heart, of voice um, that I just don't think can be duplicated in a fashion that that really highlights an author's unique perspective and the way that they write right i would i don't want to say i wholeheartedly agree with you i think there is some valid ways you can use it just like a lot of us use grammarly a lot of us or uh i can't think of the pro writing aid or we use those tools to help better our writing and i think if you're using this and i'm going to use chat gpt as an example if you're using that in a way that it helps you learn and become a better author of how to describe something, I think it helps out a lot. Like it can really take you to the next level. Now, do I worry that you can go into it and be like, write me a novel about blah, blah, blah. Well, it may be one day, but I don't think we're quite there yet. And like you said, it's going to read very robotic. It's going to be very dry so I think if you can use stuff like that for a tool, it's going to help you out a lot as an author. Okay, cool. Brian, did you have something to, to add to that? Um, I, I, I'm not quite as, as um, live about this as the two of you. Um, if, if we look back at what um, you know, the art tools uh, were doing about six months ago and everybody was mocking them because, oh, they can't even draw hands. And they couldn't. They were just dreadfully awful. And now they are uh, far better, way more advanced than I ever expected them to be in just the span of six months. Um, the problem I have with, with AI writing tools is authors feeding them their writing in you know a way of, of helping them generate even more content of of improving their writing and we're feeding the beast that's coming for us um you know <clears throat> um and as somebody who has worked as a translator in the past who works as a writer right now i i i really don't want to hold hands with this thing that really wants to eat me um and um, so, no, I am not going to embrace these tools. I'm, I'm going to keep them at a very uh, long distance from me as far as I, as long as I can. Um, and yes, you can call me a Luddite. Uh, I, you know, I work with technology all the time. This I will not touch. And see, that to me is an honest, really amazing answer. Because to me, like, I don't work with technology as much i have no idea i'm one of those people that has all of their data posted and and that kind of thing and i just don't care and i probably should um because as we're looking towards the future of writing i definitely don't want my work passed on to somebody else if the computer decides that it's something that's worthwhile um well i definitely want to keep my writing as my own that's for sure I agree. Yeah. So I will, uh, you know, I'll take a second look at this, Brian. That makes total sense to me. Um, for those of you that do want to play around, like, and for so far, all I've done is play around with it a little bit and just tossed on, like, a sentence or two here or there. And just to see what 
it comes up with. And it's been kind of fun to play around with. It's not something that I intend to use personally, um, just because it's, again, I, I really, I like having voice and I love having heart and emotion and all of these wonderful things that are so very human about writing, um, all the flaws and the ups and the downs. And to me, that is the brilliant, marvelous part about reading um, other people's work. The, the brilliant part about being able to write my own work is the idea that I can put whatever I need to on paper and have that be something that might resonate with someone else. And to me, that's really cool. Yeah, I mean, that's cool. I'm where I'm coming from on it. And I'm, I'm aware, like, there, we don't want to give it too much information. So I understand what Brian's saying. And I get that. Um, I think it's a great tool to a writer's advantage, especially one who for someone who's learning how to do certain things and still trying to, to discover their own voice and it is there is something to be said about yes the more you write the more the strong you're going to be i'm not downplaying that by any means not by any means but going back to learning how to do something it's hard when you're like how do i describe this and i don't know how to describe it so where do you go to learn how to describe something yeah no no right? no that, and, 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 and that there is something to be said about that. Like, yeah, that actually, like, describe this to me. And it shows you, and then you can just modify it to where it fits for your story. Now, I'm not saying it's, use it to write your entire story or book or whatever. But there is some validity behind that where it's like, well, yeah, you could definitely have the, use it as a tool to your advantage. So what did writers do before we had this tool? We read. Right. We read uh, we read other books. We read other writers. We learned how they talk about the things that we want to talk about. We we read the books that we wanted that we wish we had written. Um, and and I think that that's going to be our, our a far better school s skill for us. Um, you know, and and to come back and reiterate the point about about feeding you know feeding this beast. Um, the developers are already feeding it, right? Mm -hmm. Oh um, yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Yep. And. Anything that's out there that's that's available, you know, that that uh, Google has already scanned and made public, uh, anything that's co you know beyond copyright, all of that stuff is being pulled in. Plus, whatever else they can scan and add to it. Uh, the you know the artists that were involved in uh, the the artwork rather that that was generated was based on scan of art that the artists themselves did not offer permission for. That was just taken and, and you know from what was available online and used. Um, and so there was generating art that was remarkably similar to those of other living artists. Um, I don't, you know, at some point, knock wood, when my book is out there in the world, I suspect that it too will be uh, fed into the maw of this, of this giant, you know, AI beast, uh, as I keep referring to it. Um, and I, you know, I... So, <laughs> I, yeah, I'm, I'm waiting for the day when when I pick up another book and it, and it just reads like one of mine. I'm like, okay, great. So, so um, Brian, as far as that goes, as far as writing for the future goes, yeah, um, and 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 trying to combat this this beast, as you call it, would what would be your suggestion to writers to a not to feed the beast, obviously, um. But what should they do in addition to that to help protect their work and other things? Um, I mean, the, the things that we've always done are, are still viable. I mean, the, the unfortunate thing is neither neither government nor the, you know, the courts of law are up to date on this issue. So, so saying, oh, you should rely on your contracts and, and the copyrights and so on that go, go with those contracts. Yes, you absolutely should. But you should also talk to... Um, your agent or or you know a lawyer when you're putting together your contract if you're an indie publisher as well and make sure that the rights are specifically spelled out you know create your clauses i do not grant the right for this material to be used in ai uh you know text generation or whatever however you want to put it if you if you were in a 
the same thing is true, for example, if you are uh, a children's book author and you have images with your text, you can put in your contract, I do not give the right for these images to be used in any other format. I do not give the right for, for you know, audio to be used without, without my permission or, you know, things like that. You, you have to be very um, lawyerly with, uh, you know, yeah, a, an attitude that I hate. Yeah. Very diligent about yeah. keeping um, keeping track of your resources that you have created. And also, because, go ahead, Brian. Sorry. No, no. It's just a final point. You need to come back around every now and then and update your contracts because technology is going to continue to change and evolve. And you know, there will, there might be things you there might be future contingencies that you'll that you will need to go back and revise your contract to to attend to. And and, and a good agent, uh, especially, will help you do that. Absolutely. Um, Jason, did you have a comment? No, I'm just prepping myself. Okay. Very <laughs> nice. He's we'll like, I'm just getting ready because I know I'm going to say something at this point. We can come back to that in just a second. Um, my, I, I definitely appreciate what Brian was saying about people's artwork being stolen uh, for a lot of these AI-generated art platforms. Um, and, and obviously, well, we want to well, protect people's work go ahead brandon my 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 question to that is not necessarily brian's specifically but when, when you're pulling that information it's influ so it's influencing the results and we as authors isn't that kind of what we do when we read other books those books are then influencing our own writing couldn't yeah. couldn't one say that it's very it's just the same, it's in that kind of concept, the same thing, right? Or am I, I think, overthinking that? I, no, I, th I think you have a good point there. I think that it becomes something that when you individually read a book, you are the individual possessor of how you interpret what you have read. Mm -hmm. um, and I think the same goes for art. I think that you know, when you go to a gallery, obviously you are seeing things very differently than the person standing next to you is seeing them. And I think that, I think what Brian's kind of hinting at is that it's, it needs to be that um, kind of authentic individual journey right. so that it comes out the other side, not as a copy, but as something that has been influenced by other artists that have come before. Right. So that, 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 that digestion metaphor is actually very close to what I was going to say. Um, you know, things coming in one on and going out the other, that is, that is digestion, right? So um, uh, with all the work that you do reading, when you read in your childhood, when you read, uh, even when you read something, you know, as you're writing, there is still a lot of, of mental digestion that's going on. When something is up in the screen in front of you, that amount of mental digestion goes down by, you know, multiple factors of, 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 of magnitude because it's, oh, it's just there. It's there. Why, why don't I just simply, you know, go right for it right, right away. I, I kind of want to have that a little bit of, of mental distance so that indeed all of my neurons are firing uh, and not just the ocular ones. Uh, oh, oh, I see it. I, I'll, I'll, I'll just copy as it is. But anyway, um, yeah, uh, I, I'm going to beat this poor horse to death. So. <laughs> no worries. Jason, are you ready to dive in here? Well, I was just going to make a quick uh, comment, but it actually kind of already was just kind of already laid out. So All right, I'm not no going worries. to... Uh, Rebeat the dead horse. Re the <laughs> well, I hope we're not beating any horses, especially I if mean, they're the dead. But uh, <laughs> well, they're dead. I don't think they would really care. But, but, they yeah. they wouldn't care. But uh, I think we'll uh, we'll leave them on the side of the road. Um, Brandon, any yeah. last thoughts on that take on writing for the future? Do what? Sorry. Do you, Do you have any last thoughts on that take of writing for the future? No, I just think everyone has a valid point, right? It's just, I think it's all in how you use it. I think that's what it really, how the, the user uses that technology for how they want to use it. If that makes sense. I don't know if that doesn't make sense, but. That, that makes sense. Totally. It does not um, make sense. 
just a reminder to everybody, this is an open discussion. If you want to become a speaker, just tap on that little mic button in the corner of your screen, and we will uh, invite, have you on here, and you can join in the discussion. Uh, really quick, actually. Yeah, um, Jason. One thing I will toss in there, uh, not on the lines of AI, well, kind of, I guess, but also kind of on the, you know, like, what I do a lot, especially if I'm driving, I do a lot of driving. Um, and so sometimes what I'll do is I will actually speech detect a lot. Um, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll drive and I'll come up with something and I'll start speech detecting it. And then I'll go back and, you know, clean it up and revise it a little bit later and figure out where it goes in the book and, you know, put it there. Um, those type of things also can help aid you as well. And, you know, it's, 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 well, I don't know if it's cheating or not. I don't think it is. Oh, no, I don't think text is cheating at all. Like, that's just a way to get your ideas out there, um, to get them out of your head and, and somewhere that will hold them dear, because we know how our brains don't like to hold on to our ideas as we're writing. Yeah, exactly. So I, I do that a lot. So I'll go out and I will literally text a speech, a chapter. Um, I do long road trips and sometimes I'll just have my phone or a tablet or something and I will uh, just write it all, speak it all out. And it'll yeah, obviously I have a voice for radio and a face for under the covers. Oh, um, oh my God. <laughs> there will be no self-deprecating talk on this <laughs> show. <laughs> um, I mean, good on you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, um, so that, you know, you know, and that can only aid you and that can only help you in the long run as well. And then, you know, you just go back and you clean it up and, you know, you continue on and you, you know, I, I, I'm just saying that, you know, you have the AI, which, I don't know, I, I'm kind of going back and forth on it. You know, I mean, how much AI is there in those grammar programs that we use now, too? I mean, obviously, there's an algorithm that is created um, yeah. that, you know, takes samples from, you know, thousands and hundreds of thousands of authors out there. And that's that's all AI, too. Absolutely. Um, you know, it, it's it's not as maybe not as sophisticated as chatbot or whatnot, but it, it, it's still AI. Don't don't kid yourself. Um, and so, I mean, it, it's been around a long time. I mean, even just a basic program is basically now a program written with an algorithm. And you know, even if you use like Scrivener or you use. Microsoft Word, they all have algorithms that conform to certain parameters. Yeah. So it, it's here. So it is It is here, and, and we have to kind of choose our way forward and pick and choose which ones work for us and which ones don't. Right. Yeah, exactly. Well, thank you for that, Jason. And I will be hitting you up later about the under the sheets thing. So we'll be having a conversation <laughs> later. <laughs> awesome. Um, well, uh, so let's move on to our next kind of our next topic on that for future writing. Unless anybody else has anything, this is an open discussion. Please feel free to tap that mic, jump in on this. Jake, do you have anything else on that one? I, I think I'm good on that one, honestly. I think that there is. Uh... I think there's a, a lot of other angles that we can jump on for uh, for this chat. So yeah, I agree. So uh, because this is uh, kind of an open one, uh, let's let's talk about and this is the one kind of hit me today. What like what the future holds? Okay. It's like how do you how do you write something set in the future? Oh, okay. Um, are we talking like, uh, sci-fi? Are we talking like any genre that we want to just something pushed into the future? Yeah. Let's just, just, it, it doesn't have to be sci-fi specific, just any genre. Well, any, any, I mean, this can be a wide range of years. Like how do you envision 
what technology is going to be like in a hundred years. How do you do that? Um, I think it boils down to being creative, you know, like, I mean, when the original Star Trek came out, like, obviously we didn't have uh, cell phones and things and people said, Hey, that's a really cool idea, but it, it all blossomed from, from imagination. Yeah. And so to me, I think using your imagination saying what's a, you know, it's like any current invention, you know, you say, well, what does the world need or what's the problem that I'm trying to solve and then solve it the best that you can. Um, and I think that by writing in the future, by pushing the time out, especially a hundred years or more, you as an author can think of all sorts of things that have gone wrong. Maybe it's post-apocalyptic and maybe it's, you know, you're having to deal with zombies and you've come up with, you know, some new bug spray that takes care of the zombies and they can't cross it or something. I don't That's know. That's not how zombies work, Jake. That's not you how they work. You don't know how zombies work in my world. <laughs> zombies might just really, really like to avoid bug spray. I don't know. I mean, okay. I can Sure, why not? Why not? <laughs> I mean, Twilight built the whole thing on vampires that sparkle. So fine, whatever. Thank you. Thank you. I have two books in zombie in a zombie apocalypse. I have one coming out at the end of the month, actually. Oh, nice, Jason. That's awesome. Actually, I just literally caught off the phone today in a meeting with my marketing director. For, cool. Uh, I can pre-order on Amazon. <laughs> shameless Good. plug. Good. I, I love a, a shameless plug. And that's that's what we're gonna do here. We're a community. Absolutely, plug those books. Yes, plug them. I mean, if that's what you want your zombies to be like, Jake, then I say write the story where they're like afraid of perfume or something, right? Like, <laughs> what if I want my zombies to be vegetarians? Ooh, I love that. And in place of brains, they eat cauliflower because they at least look like brains, right? <laughs> There you go. Wait, so would that mean like if your if your person is a vegetarian, would their would their zombie be a vegetarian? Yeah, man. You gotta you gotta get your super greens, man. You gotta Yeah. I I think that personally like this is this is a story we can happen. I mean, Jason. Oh man, the best part about that. The best part about that is that a certain Chris, we lost you. Lost you. No, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Uh, Jason has a bunch of background noise, so I couldn't tell if he was talking or not. Oh, you're good. No, you're good. Um, I was gonna say, like, the best part about that is at a certain point of decomposition as a zombie, you just start sprouting your own mushrooms, so you just have a snack on the go. Oh my gosh, it's brilliant. It's how we solve climate change, right? That's just. It's how we just grow in our own food on our bodies, and we're just like, oh, I just want a little snack. Pick it off. This is like that genre mashup, Brandon, that you were talking about on the other episode, the sci-fi one. I love genre mashups. I love genre mashups so much because they're just they're just fun. Well, that's what mine is actually. Mine's a zombie apocalypse meets fate and aliens meets supernatural beings, like ghosts and demons and stuff like that. I like, that. I like that. I like that. So, Jake, how do you? And I'm challenging you because you don't write sci-fi. I don't. I don't write sci-fi. <laughs> and I know you're not so comfortable right me. now because I'm like, oh, there's certain answers you can and can't. Have, but whatever. Uh, how do you write technology for the future? Like, how do you do that? How do you come up with those other than just like, how do you research that stuff? Right. I mean, obviously, you can just use your imagination and come up with whatever you want. But mm -hmm. I think the the more, um, I, I guess, the more in-depth way that you could look at that is taking current technology and looking at the trajectory of it and where it's going to end up or what it could end up like. Um, <laughs> 
So I, for me, I think that, that doing research on today's current, uh, today's current technology, today's current science, um, they have new studies coming out all the time uh, in science journals about the, all the new things that they're coming up with and how if you could take those and say, okay, well, what if we took this a step further or a step further? Or maybe the science and the technology doesn't exist yet, but they have proven a theory that, you know, something is possible. And I think yeah. that possibility is the biggest thing there. That's exactly what I do. A lot of my uh, stories, these, you know, these, what the aliens are to my zombie apocalypse uh, books is uh, technology that's, you know, you know, thousands of years advanced. What I do is I take current technology that we have, or I go and read scientific articles uh, of quantum, you know, quantum mechanics fields, new ideas, principles, and theory, and I kind of think them out, process it, and then kind of, you know, well, I mean, so theoretically, if this is what this is supposed to do, like, you know, you know, you know, neutrinos, for example, or tachyon. Tachyon is basically a, a, a charged particle of, uh, of, of, of energy that is basically can be used as a um, communication. Theoretically, you can, uh, it, it, it travels a lot faster and farther than normal uh, RF. Uh, and EM fields, so you can, you know, technically, if you can create a tachyon uh, pulse or a tachyon field, you can, you know, uh, make communications go farther. Um, so you take kind of those, those things, and then you kind of, you know, think think about the aspects of what it would do, and then you kind of have to make up, you know, your own terminology and all that stuff for it, and then you can kind of just. You, I always put a little bit of truth. Well, I always put a little bit of a lie in a truth when I write. I like that idea. Yeah. Uh, because humans in general believe lies more than they believe the truth. Um, just, it is, you know. Um, so you always put a little bit of a lie in a truth. And um, to kind of help push it along. And, you know, obviously this current state of affairs and all that stuff, you know, you know, there are no zombies right now, and there are no aliens, so obviously there's a little bit of a lie in the truth at, at the, you know, but you have aspects of it, like, um, you know, your current location, right, technology and all that stuff. So uh, when you're thinking about the future, you know, not only are you thinking technology-wise, you're thinking social-wise, you're thinking, you know, uh, even down to the common person. You know, what do you think people are going to be like in a hundred years? What do you think people are going to be like in a thousand years? You know, what are the kids that are growing up the generation before a thousand years from now? How are they going to look at their parents? Um, you know, then like you know, even like what we do now. I mean, you kind of take now as a model, and then you kind of have to kind of progress it out a while, and you know. You know, obviously, what we think is fiction now becomes science fact later, and that's actually been proven, especially as your case earlier with Star Trek. I mean, back in the '60s, I mean, they thought of communicators and tricorders and you know, you know, warp drive and you know, impulse engines, and we've actually just invented our first um, impulse engine, um, uh, or at least the theory for it. And we have communicators now. We have um, tricorders, scanning devices that can scan people, you know, medical instruments that can scan. We even have things that can scan for different kinds of anomalies, like radiation and stuff like that. Stuff we didn't have, you know, 40 years ago. We have now, and some of that is due to Star Trek. Some yeah. of that is due to science fiction in general. Yeah. Um, so what we think is science fiction now you know, in a hundred years, might be science fact. I will and, absolutely agree with that for sure. That is, a, and and that's a key point is that when you're looking to write for the future, it's so important just to to you know let your imagination run wild because it's going to what you come up with in your head is something that somebody down the road might say. You know what? I love that idea. Let's make it a reality. Right and. 
you know, the, the difference between fantasy and reality is just a matter of time and maybe technology. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, we can't think too far out of the realm of impossibility. Um, I don't think humans are actually capable of that. I mean, we, we think within the realms of how we see things. So, um, you know, what just because we think it's fiction now doesn't mean it's going to stay that way forever. Yeah, for sure. So, Brandon, well, I think part of it. Go ahead, Chris. Well, I, say, I think part of it, in the writing standpoint, at the very least, also comes down to how much do you want to balance, like, logistics versus just insanity because like with writing about the future especially future technology i mean literally your imagination is the limit if you want to have a believable technology and you try to like make it logical and stuff that's fine if it fits the setting and stuff or maybe you want to have like just a, a smart watch that makes pizzas for you in the future because hear me out i'm crazy <laughs> i like a smart watch that makes me pizza <laughs> like <love> that. <laughs> it's just it's whatever you want it to be and i mean like it's it's all about like what serves your narrative the best right like what's best for your world um i know like personally i tend to go a little bit zany when i do a lot of future stuff especially if it's like sci-fi future stuff i tend to go a little far out there um i i will follow the advice of the immortal uh you know big weld from the old robots movie uh see <laughs> see, see you need fill a need if there's a need that needs filled i'm gonna make something bs to fix it and it's gonna work it's gonna be great i love it i love that um, excellent well, point there. Well, the, actually, who, who knows? You could have a watch that does that. I mean, so, I mean, theoretically, you would have something like a watch that would maybe have a built-in, some type of built-in replicator or matter-energy converter that would create a pizza. And it would literally materialize in front of you. I mean, we who can knows? start to see, at, at some level, we can start to see that now with a, a 3D printer. Like a 3D printer is basically in a form, it's a replicator. If we can do the whole entire like cloudy with a chance of meatballs thing, I would be all game for that. Uh, you you and that turkey nasty cinnamon sandwich would be just like falling. <laughs> it would come down from the sky and just <laughs> land on top of you. And, and I like, would be thrilled. I, I just died <laughs> a happy man with my cinnamon turkey sandwich. I will. I will say this. I will say this. There's a leak in the boat. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! I love sometimes some of the the children's movies, the the cartoons and stuff are some of the most imaginative things outside of the box of just being imaginative for kids, but also for being just uh, amazing with what they come up with. It, it is crazy to me some of the things that they have come up with for for books, for TV, for movies that are uh, that are for for geared towards children, but that I look at as an adult and I'm like, wow. Man, sometimes kid shows are the best though, man. Like, have you ever seen Bluey? It's the most wholesome kid show. I like, love Bluey. <laughs> it's so good, right? Like, it is definitely made for small children, and I'm pretty sure half of its audience is is grown adults. Oh, I totally agree. The adults are probably the most realistic grown-ups that I have seen in any children's show. And they're just real, and I love it. And, like, my favorite episode is the one where they're pretending to be grandmas, and grandmas can't floss, and, you know. That... Can't <laughs> so that I'm is lost. an excellent I don't one. Know, I don't even know what you guys are talking about. I will, I will fill you in <laughs> I, later, Brandon. Don't you worry. <laughs> I have to bounce out now, unfortunately, because my lunch break is over. But, Jake, I'm going to oh, send yeah. you a meme about Bluey that you'll appreciate on a deep Perfect. spiritual level. I'm going to go work on that. But you guys have a good one. Thank Thanks, you, Chris. <laughs> I love it. Brandon, I will. I promise I will help you understand Bluey and what okay. we just talked about. <laughs> I'll think about it, if you're lucky. So my, ne <laughs> my next question is, and this is this episode's going by very quickly. Yeah. What? What do you think the future of publishing is going to be like? Ooh, see, that's a hard one. But I am optimistic about the future of publishing, at least as far as traditional publishing goes, because, um, you know, there slowly, very slowly, there are changes that are being pushed forward and made. Um, 
in in the traditional publishing industry with publishers with um with small publishing houses um there's there's a lot of support um for the writing community and maybe not at the upper levels at this point but you know mm-hmm. uh we have a lot of people that are that are pushing to see that uh trickle down happen a little bit more as a raging river so <laughs> hopefully we can kind of keep moving towards that um as far as as indie writing goes and and going through small presses or publishing yourself i think the sky is the limit as far as the future goes there's so much space for that i think we're gonna see and i I, and this is and this is where you and i i don't want to say butt heads but we we you're more traditional i'm more self-published right yep um i i think independent is going to be kind of the way of the future because it's so difficult to find an agent and then get that agent to find a publisher and so like that process is so time consuming and while it does have its very far advantages on that i think publishing companies are going to start looking directly for books that have really good sales and then they're going to reach out to that person that author directly and bypass the agent completely because then the publishing company and the author can actually make more money because they're working directly with each other and i and i say that as you've seen that more in a lot of other industries where it's this manufacturer is working directly with this producer there's not that middle person then they have to go through which is cutting profits from on both ends to pay that middle person and you're starting to see that happen in other industries as well so i think that is going to be interesting and i think agents you're going to start seeing less and less agents out there which is going to make it more difficult to get published well and and i wholeheartedly agree with the difficulty level of publishing just increasing as we go along um i am hoping that we can have some saving uh, powers that be that are going to work with, especially with these smaller presses that are popping up all over. I think they are just doing amazing work and kind of giving a fresh take to the industry as they publish things that maybe the mainstream big house publishers are kind of shoving to the side. And I feel like there's a lot of scope and a lot of room for uh for for authors to uh kind of jump into these smaller presses and really find a a really supportive community that that wants their story to be heard um i our listener kathy uh just got published uh through a smaller press and her her book is amazing and you know everyone should should have have a chance to read it and had it been up to traditional publishing that wouldn't have happened at this point Mm -hmm. um and and through no fault of kathy's kathy's book is amazing so well and i think and i've said this many times before and i'm gonna keep saying it i think we're gonna see a, a swing in the in the um industry because right now there are all the companies are looking for, you know, remakes and relaunches and blah, 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 all that where they're pulling from old sources and they're, they've already got this established, um, franchise. Yeah. And so they're trying to collect all this. And I think we're going to, at some point see a swing back and then they're going to start jumping at, Oh, I want to buy this, the, the rights to this book. I want to buy the cinematic rights to this book and blah, blah, blah. And that's where we as authors and storytellers have the advantage. Absolutely. Like that now the ball's back in our court of we've got some really creative ideas out here. Um, They they need the material. Yeah. They're going to run out of material at some point. In fact, some of them already are. And I have yet to see a remake or a relaunch or whatever that I'm like, yeah, that was really good. I'm like, all right. And for and for some people that are really big into the nostalgia of something, like right. it it works for them. Right. Um, but as far as especially and Brandon, you and I were talking about this earlier. Um yeah, I was, how yeah. 
how we as as writers and readers have such a hard time watching things, movies or or television programs, and not picking them apart. <laughs> oh my God! Yes, I can't and, help it. my brain doesn't shut off when I'm like, I wouldn't have done it like that. Like that. Like <laughs> so, but I'm not the writer. It's not my story, right? Like. That's just it's it's how, how it they're it's how they're choosing to present it. And mm-hmm. and we were talking too about like the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers that they just did the new movie on. And Brandon, how do you feel about that movie? We need to move on from that subject. <laughs> I I I'm a huge Mighty Morphin Power Rangers fan, especially the original genre. I think the original series, I think there was things they did they did really well. And there was other things where I'm just like I would not have done it like that. That's too much for me as the the viewer to, you're bouncing me all over the place. And it's hard for me to keep track. And especially because it's a fairly short, it's 55 minutes. So I, I and there was a lot to comprehend. And I, I was, it, it played to my nostalgia a lot. Cause I was, I mean, I was always the Red Ranger. Jake, I assume you were the Pink Ranger, but whatever. Wow, rude. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it, I mean, you could tell that they were doing it. It felt the only thing I can compare it to is when they did the last Indiana Jones, where they were trying to set Shia LaBeouf up as the next Indiana Jones, and that was blatantly obvious in the movie, where they're like, "Oh, they just want to make this so they can continue on the series." That's what it felt like. And I, I don't want to downplay it because, I, again, I'm, they're playing on my nostalgia. But there were really cool things about it where it's like, yeah, we get to watch it morph and it's this really cool look and blah, blah, blah. But if you go into it with, and I'm going to bring this up, like Santa Jaws where you know it's not <laughs> going to be 100%. If you go into it like that, I think it's going to be so much better. But I... I yeah, I think they could have done better because there's there was a couple spots there. I was like, oh, well, that I would start it there. That's the perfect spot to start a story. But I don't want to I don't want to be mean to those writers because I think they did a good job. So, Brandon, Bill in the chat brought up an excellent point. Um, he has a, a kind of a Camelot retelling that he's doing. Mm. Um, and there are certain uh, stories that get repeated over and over and over again, yet people keep coming back for them no matter what. And to me, I feel like the Arthurian legends are one of those. Um, Another one would be uh, Beauty and the Beast retellings um, Mm -hmm. and and Cinderella retellings. I feel like those are classics that can be done over and over and over again, and people love the story so much that they are willing to jump back in for another go how do you okay. feel about about stories <laughs> i like was that? like where, where, where are we going with this i mean i think it depends on what wh- where it's at in the time frame what you're going to be doing with it and the plot like yeah you can you can recreate the story of camelot but what's the twist we all, I mean, most of us know that story, maybe not inside out, but you get the basic storyline. So what's the new twist that's going to draw me in? Is it a zombie Camelot? Like, is there a zombie apocalypse happening during King Arthur's era? Like, I don't know. That actually sounds kind of like a neat book. But that that's not the point. like a really neat book. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> that's like a... Someone can have that. Jason, you write zombie books. You can have that one. Um the, that that's kind of along the lines of of where they've done kind of these genre mashups of like Pride and Prejudice and Zombies and things like that. They've taken classics and they've kind of thrown a twist in there. And yeah, it might I, not I be. Go ahead, Brandon. No, go ahead. Please. I was just gonna say it might not be, you know, a true to the classic form, and it might not be the best story ever written. Yeah. But it's something that people are engaging with. Yeah, I think if you can have fun with it, and there's certain stories, and I think this is going to be a big one in the future, because I do see low-grade stories like Santa Jaws. They're starting to get more popular again, because we all think about, oh, we miss those old days where it was, I it wasn't a blockbuster hit, but it has this like cult following. 
right? Like yeah. we, we, they don't make those anymore. So we're starting to kind of see those like straight to DVD or VHS or whatever you want to call them now. I personally call them first draft books or first draft movies. Which, should be, which to, should be copyrighted and trademarked, by the it's, way. It should totally be trademarked. It's, I think you're starting to see those. And if you can market it as that, people are going to flock to it. Like, hey, this isn't meant to be a blockbuster hit. This is quirky and zany and it's not normal, but the people that love it, love it. I mean, that's literally what happened to okay, Nightmare Before Christmas. It wasn't cheap, a huge hit. Cheap entertainment. Yeah, it's cheap entertainment. Thank you, Jason. It's I, uh, well, and and I I will kind of relate that to, you know, people again love a good story, and a yeah. good story is a good story is a good story. Um, and if you can come up with a good story, again, it doesn't have to be a blockbuster. Um, oh. But if it's a good story, it will resonate with people. And that resonation will just ripple across the pond. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. I was like, I don't know where you go. I felt like the, yeah, I felt like you had more to say after that. But yeah, I, I, I think that's, I would be down for a new, a, a new Camelot story. It's just, what's that twist? Is there a good yeah. twist to it? Right. That's. That, well, cheap, that cheap crap entertainment like that we're all like yeah that was really good and that's kind of how a lot of the stuff started it wasn't meant to be a blockbuster hit it was like we're just going to make the show and if it gets good ratings it gets good ratings or what have you and then it just kind of it so, resonates really well yeah and it, it just carries on from there it's, yes. a, it's like the idea again of when we were talking about the tropes in the episode uh, the other week was just if you can find a twist on a trope, if you can give us mm. to that story to us in a different way, it can become something new. Yeah. And new is, is uh, what we want to do. And speaking of new and writing for the future, again, Brandon, I'm just going to reiterate what you said earlier is keep writing those stories because at some point there, the, the entertainment industry, whether that's books or movies, uh, TV shows, anything like that, they are going to come looking for new material. Mm -hmm. So keep that up, writers. Keep that going. Get those stories out there. So, all right. Well, Jake, look at that. We got three minutes left. I know. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> we were really worried about this episode. Like, we... We were really worried about this episode. <laughs> well, you know, it's it, it was it's, it was a little vague. And it's a wide net. Like, uh, let's, we don't know where this is going to go, so we're just going to hope for the best on this one. And and guess what? It turned out amazing. So I'm all I'm all for it. Yes, yes. So Jake, what's what's next week's topic? Um, I you don't have, know, Brandon. You have what's no next idea, week's topic? I believe it's. Plots. I don't know why I asked you. You don't even keep track of that stuff. It's it's plots, plots right? Plots. We're gonna be plots yeah. around. I am, actually, <laughs> I am actually. I am actually really interested to see, uh, to see what our our listeners, what our speakers are gonna have to say about plots. Um, because it's it's a rather large topic. Again, it's kind of one of those umbrella topics, and uh. We're going to let you guys, all of our listeners, all of our, our podcast listeners and everything, tell us the direction that we need to go. You know, you guys guide the conversations. Brandon and I are just here to kind of facilitate. I mean, I'm just kind of here to bullshit around, but that's... <laughs> Give me a break. Whatever. You're such a dork. I, I mean, I am. I'm, I'm just kind of like, whatever. I don't... I say that. I, that's not true at all. I kind of, I put a lot, we put a lot of time into the show. Yeah. Brandon a lot more than so we thought time, we would, but. So much time into this, you guys, if you go over to the block, there are so many resources that Brandon has over there that he's done so much research on quality articles, uh, YouTube videos, tons and tons of stuff on each of these topics that we touch on every single week. So. Well, and Jake does all of the podcast stuff. So that's all him. Thankfully, because I have zero, I have zero patience when it comes to technology. Zero, none. Do what I want you to do and just do it. I don't want to hear a lip from you. Just do it. And I, and I it. just, I just have technical difficulties. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> hey, we didn't have any. 
does the tech actually answer back? Uh, sometimes. Is it, I don't know. I'm not sure it's supposed to, but uh, uh, that's okay. <laughs> that seems like a little like a, a how was how two thousand, like uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't do that, Dave. (laughs) (laughs) Ah. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I love it. All right. Well, we are out of time. Thank you, everyone, for coming and talking and listening to the show. Be sure to make sure. Be sure to make sure. Wow. (laughs) Be sure to make sure. Be sure to make sure. Make sure to follow us over on Twitter at The Writer's Block and give us a listen and a like on any of your favorite podcast networks. Jake, with that, I bid you adieu. Good night, everyone. Good night, everyone. Thank you. Bye.